0: Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be in your presence. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord God, for the peace that you offer, the comfort that you provide. And Lord God, I just thank you for every person that came tonight to be in your presence, to be here in your house. And I ask, Lord God, that you would speak to them. God, I thank you for this time of worship. I thank you for the testimony of dawn. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are healer. I thank you, Lord God, that you are savior. I thank you, Lord God, that you do hear us when we call. And Lord God, I just ask that anyone here who is searching tonight, I pray that you would meet them right where they are. We give you all the glory and the honor, Lord God. Lord, I just trust that now, even as we open up the word, that Lord God, you would minister deeply to our heart that Holy Spirit, it would be you and only you that draws us to this great name, Jesus. I pray that it would be a rejoicing in the house as we close out tonight. I pray that there would be joy that fills the heart of your people. I pray that they would all know that we have the victory in your great name, Jesus. We've got victory. We've got victory over sin. We've got victory over sickness. We've got victory over addiction. We have victory over oppression. You are our deliverer, Lord God, and I thank you. And so, Lord, now as we open up this word, I just just pray, Lord God, that you would speak, you alone. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Praise God. It's been a good day in the house of the Lord we've just been really blessed by the presence of Jesus Christ, the presence of God. He's here. God is here and God continues to meet us. Amen. And there's a joy in the house of the Lord tonight. Praise God. It just... Man, we've just had a great time tonight just worshiping Jesus. I'm so glad that you're here. Those of you that are watching online, I'm glad that you're here. If you have a Bible, I, I want to encourage you to open up your Bible. Um, if you don't have a Bible, but maybe you got a phone tonight, and if you have the app, you know, just go to the, to the app uh, in, in your phone. But I, I just want to encourage you. The Bible is everything. It's the roadmap to life. It is The GPS device for your soul. And if you don't have God's word, I'll be plain and simple about it. You'll find yourself lost without it. I know I would be lost without it, and it's also nourishing to my soul. It allows me to to take the time in my life to hear what God is saying to me, and it allows me to continue to know that his word, who he is, Jesus Christ, is made available to me, and he continues to speak to me through his word. And if you have a Bible tonight, let me hear you say amen. amen. Oh, that's a solid amen. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay, because I believe that by the end of tonight, you're going to want one, you're going to download one on your phone, or you're going to go get the hard copy like me, or like some others that are here in the house of the Lord. And if, and if, if maybe somebody's kind enough to maybe just, just show you in the Word what we're looking at, because it's, it's the Word that brings life. Amen? And I love God's word. I love the Bible. And I want to encourage you to to look at it, to study it, to read it. And some of you might say, oh, it, it never makes sense to me. But ask God to reveal these truths to you when you open the Bible. And he'll do something supernatural. He'll show himself to be God who loves and cares in his word. And this is the greatest text message that you could ever read. Some of you read a lot of text messages through your day, and sometimes they disappoint, but not this text message. Some of y'all ain't catch that. Some of you read text messages all day long. Some of those text messages sometimes say, I love you, and other times, them text messages say, We need a break. Other text messages you get, I don't love you no more. Oh, man. Some of us, we read text messages all day trying to fight for somebody's love. But there's another text message. I just just need to know who's going to shout with me tonight. But there's another text message that will always tell you how much he loves you. There's another text message that will always say, I care about you. I'm always thinking about you. You belong to me. I will always protect you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I prefer to stay in this text that never disappoint than reading them other text messages that always have you fighting for the love of some other man or woman. Okay, I'm, pre- I'm preaching the wrong message. Hold on. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Genesis. Genesis chapter 21. We ready tonight for the Word? Here we go. Genesis chapter 21. Praise God. The message tonight is titled, Get Up, Your Story's Not Over. Turn to somebody real quick and tell them, Get Up, Your Story's Not Over. Genesis 21. Some of y'all got it already. Praise God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 21, beginning with verse 8. And the child grew and was weaned. Now that's talking about Isaac. Isaac was the child of Abraham and Sarah. The promised child that God spoke about. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Verse 9. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian... Hagar was the servant of Sarah, but Hagar was also given to Abraham by Sarah to be a second wife. Look up at me real quick so you can have some context to what we're reading. A few chapters before this, God had made a promise to Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a son. God had made a promise to Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations. But because God spoke this in a time where they were of an older age, they began to think that maybe this wasn't possible. So Sarah took it upon herself to make the effort to help out God when she should never have helped out God. Because God doesn't need us to help him out for the plan that he has for us. So she decided to go ahead and give her servant Hagar over to Abraham as a second wife. And so she became a second wife and she conceived And when she conceived, Sarah got jealous because that tends to happen when you decide to give up your servant to your husband, thinking that you can help God out with the perfect plan that he has for you. And so what happens is because she was now jealous, she pretty much just abuses and torments Hagar as her servant. So much so that in Genesis chapter 16, Hagar took off and ran away because she was being persecuted so much by Sarah. But while she was in the wilderness, sitting beside a spring of well, God showed up and said to her, where are you coming from and where are you going? Now, God already had the answer to that, but sometimes he'll ask that question pointing to who he is as the answer. Where are you going that I can't find you? Where are you going that I can't continue to chase you down with my grace and my love? Where do you think you're going to go? And so God speaks to her and says, look, you're going to have a son. And his name is going to be Ishmael. That name means God hears. But we'll address that in a little bit. So he says, Hagar, go back. And I, I I'm going to take care of your son. So she she goes back. And then we move on in the story where we're now here in chapter 21. And so you with me say amen. We're back in verse 9. Amen. Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, laughing. We can safely assume that. Ishmael was a little bit of a bully. Scholars have even questioned the fact that maybe there was some physical abuse that possibly may have happened with this young man, Ishmael, who was now at this time in his mid-teens. And he was laughing at his brother. And so in verse 10, it says, she says to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son. For the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. You with me? Verse 11. It was displeasing to him because Abraham actually loved his son, Ishmael. He cared for him. It was his blood. And so now he's all distraught. We're talking about Abraham who was we know is a great man in God's word. The father of, of many. And yet, he was in a broken home situation. And it goes on and says, in verse 11, the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. In verse 12, but God said to Abraham, be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For through Isaac shall your offspring be named. In verse 13, and I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also, because he is your offspring. See, God will remember his promises. Remember this as we go on with this story. God's promise will never fail. So Abraham rose early in the morning. He took bread and a skin of water, and he gave it to Hagar. And he put it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. Meaning he said, okay, here's uh, here's some bread. Here's a skin of just one one particular. Here's a pouch of water, as if that water was going to sustain them for the rest of their life. I believe he was in distraught. I believe he didn't really know what to do or where she was going to go. All he wanted to do was just walk in obedience to God at this moment. But in my mind, I'm thinking, what? A little bit of bread and some water, and you're just going to send her off like that? But there's something to this story that's going to reveal to us the promise of God. And he sends her on her way, and she departs and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, let me not look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up! Somebody say up! Up. Lift up the boy, hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy and he grew up and he lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. Hagar, her name means flight. And she lived out her name because when things fell apart, Hagar took flight. Like so many people, when things ain't going right, sometimes we run. When it feels overwhelming, we distance ourselves from the problem. Hagar actually took flight three times through this story. The first time in Genesis chapter 16, when she was afflicted by Sarah, she took flight and she ran. And the first time she took flight, God still showed up. She took flight. She ran into the wilderness. And God says, well, where are you coming from? And how? where are you going? And then he, God sends her back. And then the second time she takes flight, she was forced out by Abraham and Sarah. And there she is running again. When everything is falling apart, when she's been rejected... When there's no hope, afflicted, overwhelmed, pressured, abandoned, left all to herself with some bread and a pouch of water and her teenage son. And the Bible says that she wandered in the wilderness aimlessly, not knowing where to go in life, like maybe somebody tonight who feels like they have no purpose or no goals or no sense of direction or just wondering where in the world am I going to be in the next five years? What am I going to be doing with my life in the next five, ten years? I, 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 I don't have a plan. I have no idea. I have, I have no vision. And some of us maybe we're just like Hagar, where we're just wandering in the wilderness after being rejected, after being hurt. After feeling like, man, nobody cares about my situation. Nobody cares about what I'm going through. The scripture says in in Psalm 56, that God keeps account of all of our wanderings. And he bottles up our tears. Because in this moment, as she's wandering in the wilderness, God shows up and meets her again. For every time that she took flight, God showed up. And, and Hagar comes to this place where she, the one thing, the one person that she loves, as she's, as she's run out of water, as she's run out of bread, she, she lays down Ishmael under a bush, almost in this last, final, desperate act to see if maybe something good will happen while he's in the shade and in the moisture of the bush. But she's already concluded in her mind that due to her circumstances, the end is going to be death. But I want you to know tonight that when your faith is in Jesus Christ, the circumstances do not determine your ending. It is the hand of God's mercy that writes your ending. Listen to me. A lot of times we come to this place where because of what we see in the natural, we decide in our own mind, in our own thinking, within our own emotions, we conclude and decide our ending based upon our, how we feel about something emotionally. My son and I, we love basketball. And so we both sometimes can get really worked up. When we're watching the game, an NBA basketball game, or even a college basketball game, and when sometimes I get emotional about the game, if my team that I'm hoping will win, if it's the fourth quarter, and they're down by 20 points, I walk away. <laughs> and sometimes my son will go, Dad, where you going? The game's not over. And I'm like, yes, it is over. They're down by 20 points. It was game over, man. I'm going to go do something else. And he's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you giving up like that? I'm like, look at the way they're playing. They're lifeless. They can't ball. Nobody should be paying them a check to put a little leather ball in a net right now. And I'll go on and on and on. I'm upset. And from time to time, I walk away and they really have lost. But there are some other days when my son will come upstairs after I have walked away and complained and I've concluded that there will be no victory for this team. There are times when my son will come up into the room about a half hour later cheesing. Yo, dad, you got no faith. I'm like, what are you talking about? They won, and you missed it. You missed the comeback, Dad, because you walked away with no faith. What? Man. Then I got to wait for ESPN to come on an hour later to watch the highlights. Don't walk away with your idea of your ending when God has the final say. Let me tell you something. Because with Jesus, there's always a comeback story. Hagar didn't understand that, but that's because she didn't understand the magnitude of God's mercy and love. And that he remembers his promise forever. You know that song we sing? He remembers his promise forever. You see, Hagar had decided in her mind that she was gonna die in the wilderness and Ishmael was gonna die in the wilderness. Ishmael represented everything that she held dear her hope, her desire in life, just to be a mother. Yeah, the promise was given to Isaac. Yes, he was the chosen one. Yes, he represented exactly the, the, the covenant that, 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 that God had given to Abraham. But God said that he would also bless Ishmael too and make him a great nation. And Hagar had forgotten. It's amazing how sometimes in life you have that really, really incredible moment with God. Like Genesis chapter 16 where God actually met Hagar at the spring of well. And remember, if you go back and read Genesis chapter 16, when God said to go back, Hagar, before she left, said something. She goes, I'm gonna call this place the place where God sees because he's watched after me. She had this moment in Genesis chapter 16 where she, she, she testified of, of, of God who sees, but she had forgotten Or maybe she didn't come to this full conclusion that not only does God see and not only does God hear, but God saves. He's the full package. He he not only sees what you're going through, he not only hears your cry, but he will save you from dying in the wilderness of this city. Thank God. She lays Ishmael down and scripture says that she goes, she goes up, uh, 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 the distance of, of, of shooting a bow and an arrow, far enough where maybe she hopes that she, she can't hear the cry of Ishmael. But God hears the cry of his people. He 's not human, he's God. And his ears are always tuned to our cry. His ears are always tuned to the, to, to the, to the cry for mercy, the t- cry for grace. You know, it's very interesting because scripture doesn't tell us that Hagar cried out to God. And God doesn't even respond to her cry. He responds to the cry of Ishmael. It's very interesting how he responds to the cry of Ishmael, but he meets Hagar where she's at. Which means, uh, for me, I read this and I'm reminded that God cares about the promise He's given you. God cares about the dream and the purpose that maybe you've had to achieve in life, and He's not gonna abandon you. And I believe God wants to restore and redeem the very thing that you that you love, the very thing that you care about. God wants to restore families. He wants to restore marriages, He wants to save our children. He wants to bring them home. Man, I I feel like maybe I'm talking to a parent who maybe just feels like, man, my, my kid is just so far gone. And I'm waiting for that one bad phone call. But God is merciful and he cares. And he's moved by our tears. He's moved by our cry. He says, "Hey he goes, "Hey, Gar, what, what troubles you? What is it that troubles you that God can't fix? What is it that bothers you that you haven't even brought to God yet? What is it that has messed you up, that God can't step in and mend and heal? Your ears are covered because you don't want to hear the cry, but God's ears are always open to the brokenhearted. And he says, Look, he goes, I've made, I've made a promise. And I will not leave nor forsake you today in the name of Jesus. This word is for you. God will not forsake you, He will not abandon you. He says, get up. And, and in this moment, I love it because the scripture says that he opens her eyes to see water, which means that the water was already there. She was, she was blinded by her own sense of defeat. Blinded by this sense of hopelessness, blinded by this sense of feeling like the story is going to end right now, and I can't bear. Watch him die. I can't bear once again to, to just experience death. I can't bear to just sit around and watch everything fall apart around me. And she was blinded and not able to see that God had brought to her water. And it wasn't until he moved in his mercy, met her right where she's at, that suddenly her eyes were open. And I believe that her eyes were open because I, there had to have been just this small measure of faith that rose up in her when God showed up. And suddenly in faith, in hearing God's word, she realizes that the story is not over. She realizes that the story that she thought she was writing out as her ending that page had been torn out and God was rewriting praise God and I love God he makes it very simple and very plain get up first he says fear not and that's a whole message in and of itself. And my encouragement to you would be to go back to the 10 o'clock service this morning and listen to a message about fearing not. God said, Fear not, get up, go get your boy, hold them tight. I believe tonight that God wants to reconcile families back to one another. I believe he wants to restore relationships. I believe he wants to heal. I believe God wants to do something great, not because we've earned it, but because of his incredible mercy for you and I. I believe that there are people here who have concluded their story. But if you would put your faith in Jesus Christ and allow him to write your story, You see, when you factor in mercy and the steadfast love of God, a victory story is in the making. When you factor in God's mercy and his steadfast love, a victory story is in the making. Your story's not over. And maybe maybe you've just kind of laid down in life and you've decided just to quit. You know that mentality that we can take on sometimes? It is what it is. I call that quitting. I refuse to accept that mentality. It is what it is. Because if we run around with that idea, it is what it is, then we're allowing anything and everybody to write our story. And I've made a decision in my life to allow only God to continue to write my story. If you trust anybody else to, to help write, write your story, you're gonna, you're gonna constantly face rejection. You're gonna constantly take flight the same way Hagar took flight three times. Three times she ran. First time she ran, Sarah chased her right on out. Second time she ran, she was forced out. The third time she ran, she had concluded that the story was over, left Ishmael under a bush, and continued to run. But every time that she ran, God had a response, and it was his mercy. It's three things simple. God sees God hears, and God saves. Hagar was a complete setup for God to continue to write a story. You know why he responded to Ishmael? Because he represented God's promise that he'll never leave nor forsake the child of Abraham. It was God's commitment to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. And Ishmael was a part of that plan not nearly as large as the plan that he had for Isaac. But he still has a plan for you. And we have this incredible new covenant. It's Jesus Christ who died and and went to the cross and and paid our sin debt. And because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, we now are made a new person in him. And the, the covenant that we have in Jesus has now given us this very same promise that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that he will be faithful, that he will write your story, that your story will not end in the wilderness, your story will not end in the desert, but he's come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Some of you are still holding on to the bread and the water that people have given you. You've run out of resources and you're like, what next? I don't know what's gonna happen. And you've laid down and I'm telling you to get up. Get up. Your story's not over. You know why your story's not over? Because Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And anybody who comes to me will not hunger. And anybody who believes in me shall never thirst. So I'm telling you something. I'm done always trying to hold on to the resources of man in the hope that they'll give me enough to keep going. I'm going to put my trust in Jesus Christ and I'm going to let him continue to write my story. Anybody here tonight willing to surrender your life to the greatest storyteller? the God of the universe. Are you willing to fully trust him? If this message has been for you tonight, if you feel like life right now has you just kind of wandering in the wilderness of the city without a plan, without knowing what's next, I want to pray for you. May this be your night that you get up May this be a night that you drink from the living water and that you would know that God desires to write your story. God, write my story. God, write my story. God, write my story. We're getting up tonight. God, write my story. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. God, write my story tonight. God, write my story write my story. Holy Spirit is just speaking to me that there there are a lot of stories. Stories that do not reflect the victory that we have in Jesus, but it's a new story today. And if I were to ask you, some of you would say, my story has just been addiction. My story has been depression, my, my story has been loneliness, and my story has been constant failure. Uh, there, there are men here who have been struggling with lust and pornography. That does not have to be your story tonight. There are some men here that have been struggling single and married men struggling with the lust of the flesh and pornography this does not have to be your story anymore but you need to receive tonight the mercy and the forgiveness that we have in Christ Jesus you have to humble yourself You have to humble yourself. And whether you're already up here or whether you're still coming down the aisle, whether you're at your seat, maybe you don't want to come down because you're afraid of what people might think. But I invite you, don't be ashamed tonight because we were all born sinners. We were all born sinners. We were all born in this place separated from a holy God. So you do not have to be ashamed. tonight. I want you to walk with your head high and you're going to have a new story tonight in the name of Jesus. There is nobody perfect here in the house of the Lord tonight. So don't you be ashamed. He went to the cross and he died for all of our sins publicly, naked on the cross because he loves us so much. He went to a cross and died for all of our sins. So you walk with your head high tonight, but I want to pray for you and you are going to be set free and God's going to continue to write a new story. It's going to be a victory story in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I confess my sin. I confess I've messed up. But I believe that you died for me. You went to the cross. You paid for my sin debt. You went to the grave and you rose again on the third day. Be my savior. Write my story. You are my God. Lead me. As I go out tonight, a new story begins because of your spirit that now lives in me. I receive you, Jesus. I will not lay down. Tonight I get up and I am made a new person by the power of Jesus Christ, my God and my Savior. In your name I pray. Amen.